Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for a mid-October version of the podcast, and we've got a great show in store for you today. We're going to be joined shortly by MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. Next, we'll be joined by Ian McPartland from down behind the counter at the Goose Hummock Shop in beautiful Orleans, Massachusetts. And last but not least, we'll check in with proud MFCC member Bruno Demir, who is not fishing on his boat, the Gaviota, today. Usually on Fridays, sometimes we catch Bruno floating around in Nantucket Sound, but he's certainly been out doing a lot of fishing and I had the pleasure of getting out last week for the first time on his new boat, the Gaviota, and it is a beautiful vessel. So look forward to catching up with Bruno to hear what he's been up to this week. But let's dive right into today's show and welcome in our first guest. Well, as promised, our first guest on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. And Ryan, welcome to the show this week. It's been a couple weeks since we've checked in. How you been? I've been great. I've really been enjoying the nice October weather the past couple of days. It's been really, really calm. It's been awesome. Well, I want to start off, you know, just by kind of checking in with you and giving an update on the podcast as we head into the fall season. We're in mid-October all of a sudden, although you couldn't tell by the 70-degree weather that we have out there, the bright sunshine. And I've actually been in the ocean a few times this week as well. It's still plenty warm. But just checking in on the, the podcast as we move into the fall uh, I know you and I want to let people know that they can still look forward to new podcasts coming up every, you know, one to two weeks or so with, you know, a variety of topics that we'll feature as we head in through the fall run. Oh, definitely. There's still plenty of great fishing throughout the fall to come. And wintertime is a great time to be on Cape, too. Most of the ponds and the trails, you have them all to yourself. And the beautiful thing about Cape Cod is it's always a little milder on Cape compared to elsewhere even in Massachusetts. So there's awesome opportunities throughout the fall, winter. And like you said, we'll keep publishing podcasts probably every two weeks or so, I'd say. Yep. And so not only the podcasts are something that you have to look forward to, but the website is still going to keep cranking as we go through the fall and winter as well. We want to make sure to have folks check in on the website daily as well. And the forum for you know, daily and weekly updates. There's just going to be a lot of great content even as we go through the fall and winter, and it's just something we want to draw people's attention to, especially some of our newer members. Oh, yeah. If you're just accustomed to listening to the podcast, then make sure to head over to the site. I try to put up a new video or a new update every day or two, and the forum, the people in the forum have been great posting sometimes hourly about a whole host of topics, so... It's a great resource, and I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody's up to throughout the fall, winter, and spring, which will be here before you know it. <laughs> now, later in the podcast, we're going to check in with proud MFCC member Bruno Demir, who you got a chance to fish with yesterday. So we don't want to give away how the entire trip went, but just touch on your trip yesterday and your experience on the Gaviota with Bruno. It was just a beautiful day. It really felt like almost like summer out there, so calm basically no wind at all in the afternoon greasy calm we saw so many tuna kevin and they were all between i'd say 40 
to 60 inches coming right out of the water. Um, and again, I, I don't want to take Bruno Sunder, so I won't say too much. But we also found some nice slot-sized stripers on the way home. So it was a pretty good trip. Now, last week, or actually earlier this week, when I look at the date here, you get a chance to go fishing for some tatog. And that's something that you and I have talked a little bit about doing inside Cape Cod Bay from the tin boat, you know, potentially targeting tatog with some green crab that you have been fortunate enough to trap. That's something we could still look forward to doing maybe potentially as we go through this fall. But how was your tog trip down in Rhode Island? I met up with Joe Bags of Joe Bags Tackle and... He makes tog jigs, he makes resin jigs, he makes swimming lures, a whole host of products. And Joe's been a sponsor of my fishing Cape Cod for probably the last five years, which I really appreciate. So he invited me to go down to join him in Newport, which are his home waters, especially for a tog tog. And he's been doing good with Albies down there as well. So we headed out on Tuesday morning, and it was foggy quite calm nice big rollers down there which is different than cape cod big ocean swell moving in but we fish in about 30 40 feet of water in rocky areas just outside of newport and a little south of there and the tautog action was very good lots of shorts but lots of keepers as well nothing huge probably the biggest was maybe 19 inches we also caught a nice keeper tog uh, excuse me, cod, a codfish, a nice keeper codfish, which was a pretty cool surprise. And there are lots of scup and sea bass in the mix as well. Overall, a great trip, and I got some nice meat, and I've been eating really good seafood dinners all this week. Oh, that sounds awesome. And October 8th, moving back a week or so, I know you had an experience with a shark with your dad. Tell us about that. Yeah, about one week ago from today, we were out giant tuna fishing in Cape Cod Bay, kind of more towards Provincetown. And there were a few fish caught that day, a few big ones, but we didn't get bit, but we did get bit by a thresher shark. And if you're not familiar with thresher sharks, they're an incidental catch, especially when you're fishing the Stellwagen, Cape Cod Bay, P-Town area. They have a huge, huge tail, which they can use like a whip. And they basically look like a small, like a, small great white but with this huge whippy tail so i don't know how big this thresher shark was but he was pretty good size i don't know nine feet maybe if you don't include all of his tail and he jumped straight clear out of the water about 10 feet up into the air but the reason i wanted to chat about this was i had a underwater camera on the line and when the thresher shark dove down deep i was shocked to see that the tips of his fins lit up they were glowing in the dark with bioluminescence so even though we didn't catch a tuna that day i did catch something new on camera and i've got that video on the website really cool just seeing his fins light up as he goes down deep where it's dark all right let's hit another species that is very popular in the fall let's talk albies what are you hearing about albies i haven't personally been out but the members in the forum have been fishing for albies the past few days one of my good friends, Jeff Coates, who I know you know, had a good trip yesterday casting epoxy jigs down in the Vineyard Sound area. So they're definitely still around. I haven't heard about any albies over towards Monomoy, so I don't know if they're down in Nantucket Sound as well. 
but I am still hearing reports from like Hyannis down towards Vineyard Sound. They're definitely in there. And speaking of the intel on the website and in the forum, you mentioned Jeff. Let's you know direct people to the forum as well. I know the canal's been fishing pretty well. I, I've seen a couple of things in the forum as well as on Facebook of some people taking some relatively large fish out of the canal down toward the railroad bridge. Yeah, that's always the popular spot, and there's a lot of folks down there. But you can spread out. There's been fish caught throughout the canal. It's not just you know, at the west or the east end. And the folks in the forum have been great. And I think most of the fish need to be coming on metals and jigs on the bottom. But it's that time of year where you never know when, you know, some topwater action's got to roll through. And, Ryan, one thing I wanted to touch base on, too, looking back that we haven't had a chance to chat about, and we, we kind of promoted this a decent amount on the podcast leading up to it. How did that October 2nd Surfcasters tournament work out? It was great. I had an opportunity to meet a lot of people from the Surfcaster thread inside the forum, which has been a great source of surfcasting information. And Mike Marcus organized this event. We probably had 50 teams register, 50, uh, or actually, excuse me, 25 two-man teams, 50 people total. And we all met at Sandy Neck Beach for the awards ceremony. And let me tell you who won. I've got it pulled up on my phone here. So first place was Gene Dorney and his partner, Zach Panaro. And they got 55 and a half inches. And they went down, or they went home, rather, with the Bandstall VR200s. Second place was Josh Smith and Nick Beltramini with 54 and a half inches. So really... Close call there, just a one-inch difference between first and second. And then third place was Jeff Richard and Walter Kay with 49 inches. So there were fish caught. Again, it was surf casting during the middle of the day, and it was bright and sunny. I think we'll do another surf casting event like this at some point, but we'll have it maybe like a 24-hour grind event. So if you want to get out there during the middle of the night, you can do that. But just really cool to see this tournament develop. I didn't have much of anything to do with creating the tournament. It was something the members got going on their own, and it's just so cool to see that happen. I'm seeing other uh, talk about future events, like a canal cleanup and some other beach cleanups that folks have been talking about. So just stay tuned, and thanks to the members in the forum who are organizing these cool events. It's a great opportunity to meet people. All right, Ryan, before I let you go, it's a, a pretty nice day out today. I'm looking out at Cape Cod Bay out my window, and it's pretty flat, calm, and bright sunshine. You got anything going on today or the weekend? Uh, not fishing-wise. Uh, right now I'm just out getting some yard work done. But looking forward to the next few weeks, I ordered some Ballyhoo. I've got to give Troll and Ballyhoo a try for tuna. I'm hoping that the half peaks show up and we get some good bites throughout October, November, and maybe even into December. And I'm also hoping to do some largemouth bass fishing at some point over the next week or so here, which would be a nice change of pace. No need to, you know, go out on a big boat. No need to deal with a whole ton of gear. Just go down to the local pond and have a nice relaxing time. So that's pretty much it, Kevin. 
All right, Ryan, thanks so much for checking in with us on this beautiful Friday, and I look forward to catching up with you on our next chat in a week or two. Sounds good. Have a great day. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our buddy Ian McPartland from down at the Goose Hummock in Orleans. Ian, how are you doing on this beautiful Friday? I'm doing fantastic. We had a little bit of road work in front of the shop here, but we're hanging in and staying busy. Awesome. I know the shop has been cooking. I know Phil's down in Florida, and he's been out on the water quite a bit. I've actually seen him out there while I was wrecked tuna fishing last week. So he's he's a man that's out about town right now, so we're relying on you for this week's report. Let's start off with striped bass. What are you hearing about striped bass, both, you know, say, Nosset Beach uh, area and Cape Cod Bay or wherever you're hearing about yeah, fish? Yeah, so I've, I've been doing both sides. So I fish um, – I live in Wellfleet, so I do a lot of Wellfleet Truro to P-Town. Sure. Um, on the back side, has been really good all summer, basically. And the, the last couple of weeks have been heating up in the bay. A lot of small bait and a lot of a lot of smaller fish around. I got um, probably a dozen before before work this morning. Well, that's great to hear. What are you getting those fish on, Ian, predominantly? Is there any rhyme so, or, or reason to your madness? Yeah, so I always preach the bucktail. So I was fishing a three-quarter ounce bucktail, especially for the schoolies. This is really easy for catch and release and not hooking yourself. Um, but I also got a bunch on topwater, too. And I was using, it's technically it's a freshwater lure, but the uh, Yozuri 3DS like pencil mm-hmm. uh, in the bone color. The night bite is usually the, the good bite. Uh, and I generally like outgoing tide is, uh, is usually best. And for the night bite on the outgoing tide in those areas, are you throwing kind of big plugs at them? Yeah, so I do a lot of uh, SP minnows, obviously, the prolific. Um, again, I, I'll use uh, bucktails, but I'll go up maybe an ounce and a half or two-ounce bucktail instead of sure. like a three-quarter I was using for the schoolies today. Um, and then uh, I like uh, mag darters as well. That's good to hear. And are you seeing any bluefish mixed in? I've basically only got stripers back there for uh, for a month and a half. Okay. We did get some uh, some big blues in the bay side uh, about a week ago. Well, that's good to hear. Those are always fun to catch. They fight like hell. Oh yeah. I mean, if it, if it's like a, a 27 inch bass or a 32 inch bluefish, I'm taking the bluefish all day. Yeah, absolutely. And albies. How about albies? I know that the store is stocked up usually for the albie fishermen. In the fall, what are you hearing in terms of an albie report, and what does the Goose Hummock have to offer the guys that may want to start targeting albies? So we just got in, and I've been testing them. I had last week off on vacation, so I was uh, I am also blessed with one of the Pedal Drive Old Towns that we sell okay. at the shop. So I've been taking that out um, when the wind would uh, would lay down a little bit. I went out Falmouth twice. A lot of small schools of fish, but um, steady action. It's just I did a lot of uh, blind casting, you know. Sure. I got two on Tuesday. Um, I got tight three times on 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 Wednesday, but I lost all three. So, um, but we just got the mighty new mighty fish epoxies in the shop about a week ago. Mm. So we got those all the way from half ounce to up like two ounces for like striper stuff. Um, but they're all BKK hardware. They're phenomenal. Now, albies are notoriously, you know, they're finicky. They're also smart fish. They've got really good senses and, and eyesight. Uh, tough, you know, tough fish to fool and also, like, even, I'll say, extremely difficult to kind of hunt down in a traditional boat because if you motor up on them too quick, they're gone, right? Definitely the the running gun technique, especially when they get smaller schools and more weary this late in the season, is absolutely counterproductive. Um, I do a 
90% of my fish in the kayak just yeah. sitting and waiting. Yeah. Because chasing an unchaseable fish is kind of, uh, is not going to do you any good, you know? Yeah. So my, I guess my point is, uh, you know, your, your strategy of fishing from the kayak, I think is actually a spot on strategy, especially for albacore. And I know you guys down at the goose hummock also have a, at least usually, uh, a pretty extensive variety of kayaks. Are you guys stocked up on, on fishing kayaks? We are fully stocked up. Um, I know we got the 12 foot PDLs. I've got a 10.6 because I use it for freshwater and for salt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got a bunch of big waters too for, for more of like the offshore guy or, or if you just want to go on a little bit snottier day, then, then those are a great option. All right. You mentioned freshwater as well. I know we're kind of getting to that part of the season where in the fall it's really peaceful to kind of target the Cape Cod kettle ponds, not only to watch the leaves change, but the fishing tends to be pretty good. What are you hearing in terms of the kettle pond fishery? Yeah, so a lot of places have been stocked in the last week with uh, with rainbows. So the the new stockies have been super active. I got four um, down at Baker's Pond in Orleans here on the fly rod the other day. Um, and then there's a lot of holdovers that are getting active too. I got uh, fishing in Marston's Mills in the kayak the other day. I got a nice brown just trolling around with a crankbait. Really cool. And, and I'm assuming, knowing Phil, you guys are stocked up for the freshwater guys as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, the crankbait I was using is uh, Baker brand, like the two-and-a-half-inch jerkbait. And I literally cannot swear by it enough. I don't know if you've got one, but you need to get one. Yeah. Um, I literally bought seven of them last year because I caught uh, – they did a brute stocking in one of the, the kettle ponds down here. Mm-hmm. And I got 15 trout over five pounds and an eight-pound largey in one day on it. Well, that's pretty unreal. So, it's good to hear that the was, freshwater bite is unreal, popping off. And it, it won me over really quick. So yeah, it's just a great it's a great source of uh, you know fishing and also entertainment for people as we head into the fall. It's something that I know a lot of us saltwater guys don't think about enough. Um, in this time of year, you can't really beat it. No, you can't, and it's um and it's way more relaxing for me. I take uh, saltwater pretty competitively, you know, and mm-hmm. it's nice to just be able to relax go down to the pond for maybe a couple of shiners after work with the boys from here and just uh, catch a couple of trout or maybe a couple of largies. You never know, you know. Now, it's Friday. The weather's still decent. We're getting 70-degree days still, which is unbelievable in October. I yeah. mean, the last three days have been ridiculous. Has the shop been pretty busy? Yeah, you know, it's been steady. Um, you know, we got we just stocked up on shiners this morning. Yep. Um, and like I said, a lot of people are doing fresh water, especially with the kids too, you know, with the weekends. Um, kids get out of school and they'll definitely be doing more freshwater, you know, Saturdays and Sundays have been busy, you know? Yep. People are still coming down, you know, while the weather is still good. So I'm sure you guys are still going to be busy. Absolutely. We call this the, the local summer, you know? And for the weekends, as people come down, can you remind me the store hours, uh, for you guys on Saturdays and Sundays? Yeah. So we're, uh, we're open from nine till five thirty on Saturday and then we're open eight till four on Sunday. Awesome. Great to hear it. Thank you for checking in with us, Ian, and it was a pleasure having you on the podcast and hope we can chat again down the line. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Have a great day, man. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good friend Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. Bruno, how are you on this Friday? I'm doing fantastic. Hello, MFCC members. And I know you've had a chance, Bruno, to get out on the water quite a bit. I was very fortunate to finally get out on your boat last week uh, for my maiden voyage on the Gaviota, and we had a great time together. 
Uh, we struck out a little bit on the on the wreck bluefin. We didn't see much action out there, but we had a great day striper fishing. Ended up with some beautiful striper meat, some beautiful bluefish meat, and I even got to go lobstering with you. It was quite the adventure. Yes, it sure was. Uh, you know, we made a day out of it. We didn't do too great with the tuna fish, but definitely uh, lucked out with some really nice striper. And for everybody listening, you got to get on board Bruno's boat. Bruno, I'm going to send everybody your way because that is the most comfortable boat and the most comfortable ride I, I think I've ever had on a, a day out fishing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We try to we try to make it a, a nice and easy ride out to the fishing grounds and nice and easy ride back home. Now, Bruno, I know you were out of town for a few days, you know, visiting friends and family down south in Florida, but you've been back up here this week and you had a chance to go out fishing yesterday with Ryan. Why don't you tell folks uh, what you guys were doing out there? Yeah, so, you know, the idea was we were going to go out for some giant fishing. And uh, right before we went out the night before, I got some intel that there was football fields of bluefin tuna out there. They were right. So uh, we switched over to recreational fishing instead of commercial fishing that day. And we went out there and started trolling bars around, and it was complete opposite of the trip you and I took, Kevin, because when you and I went out, they were out in 500 feet of water, and, Mm -hmm. well, yesterday there was football fields of just nothing but 40 to 60-inch recreational-sized bluefin, and they were busting at the surface, they they surface, they were busting around all our spreader bars, and um, unfortunately, uh, they were just too finicky yesterday. So it was complete opposite of our trip, where we found them, but we just couldn't get them to bite. And I don't think many folks got lucky. I think out of 25, 30 boats that were in the area, maybe two or three boats got a fish or two. Uh, So it was a tough day, and... um, we didn't give up there. We said, well, we got to turn this into something. Let's turn to plan B. And uh, plan B was just like the trip you and I took, headed down to uh, Monomoy, and, and we worked around some of our favorite uh, uh, areas where uh, the shoals produced some nice, you know, uh, rips to work. And we worked the rips, and we landed I think five or six stripers, and we all kept one each. Nice fish, 30-inch class slot fish, and um, made some nice striper ceviche out of it. Yeah, it's great to know, Bruno, that there's slot fish in those shoals, even right now, you know, and we're we're in the middle of October. Uh, You know, as someone that fishes the bay side and that has struggled at times to locate that slot class fish, it's, it's great to know that they're out there on the rips, you know, if you if you get out there by boat, you can have a really nice day fishing those rips. Absolutely. You know, those rips, um, especially if you catch the right moon, can produce tremendously. But even if you don't have a strong moon, these fish are migrating through those rips and trying to feed and, and get fattened up before they take off into the deep water and head down south. So they'll eat anything you throw at them. Uh, it's just a matter of getting out there when they're there. I don't know how long they'll be there for, but as long as they're there, this is a great opportunity to find some uh, some time to squeeze out there at Monomoy and, 
and just throw stuff into the rip and troll around and you'll get them. They're there. And Bruno, like the day when we went out, were there any bluefish mixed in with those bass kind of eaten up on the surface yesterday? We did not get a bluefish yesterday. It was just uh, some really nice big striper after striper. Yeah, that's great. The day that we went out, we had the, the blessing to kind of run into some bluefish as well, which are an excellent fighting fish. And that was a lot of fun, too, when the blues and the bass were just kind of mixed in together up at the top. Yeah, those, uh, you know, me personally, I don't mind throwing a bluefish right on the grill at this mm-hmm. time of the year because they just get nice and fat, you know. Bruno, one thing I wanted to ask you about the uh, the wreck fish yesterday, uh, you know, you mentioned on the podcast here that the day we went out last week, it was a completely different day. It was just kind of void of life, and the fish were on the other side of the shipping channel in 500 feet of water, and they were kind of spotty out there as well and not really eating. The fish that you were seeing yesterday in closer that, you know, were feeding up on the surface – what do you think they were feeding on that was making them kind of so finicky with the bars? Uh, they were mainly on butterfish and sand eels. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you that it's not its not just so much what they're feeding on, but when you have a nice, calm day like we had yeah. the day you and I went out and like the day that, um, that uh, uh, Brian and I went out, it was very similar, and you got such a nice, beautiful day with, with calm seas, and that's what you're going to get. You know, they can see. They have eyes. Yeah. So it's tough to fool them on days like that. Yeah, especially with the sun high up in the sky. Once it gets up there, you know, I could see how that could be a problem with, uh, you know, the bars. Did, were you dragging a ballyhoo as well? Yeah, we was we were dragging the ballyhoo, and we even had a camera on it hoping that we could get some nice footage of, a tuna fish hitting the ballyhoo, but um, but it wasn't it wasn't our day for that, and and uh, well, we lucked out. We lucked out with some great striper. Well, Bruno, I'm glad that the day wasn't a complete and total bust. It's awesome that you guys get into some stripers on the way home. The last thing I want to ask you about is Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. It's been a couple weeks since we've checked in. We're in kind of in the heart of the fall season right now. What's going on good down at the shop? We just got another shipment of the new Mitsubishi Outlander, which is a seven-passenger SUV, and it's winning a ton of awards since it's been redesigned. So if you're in the market for a new SUV, you owe it to yourself to come down here and check one of these out before you pull the trigger on any other SUV in the marketplace. Yeah, and the the best part about coming down and, and visiting the dealership is they can chat fishing with you as well. That comes with the package, absolutely. All right, Bruno, thanks for joining us on this Friday. It's not a bad day out there. Hopefully you can get outside a little bit and enjoy this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon, Kevin. Well, thank you to Bruno Demir for checking in with us on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. And We want to thank all of our guests that took time out of their busy schedules to join us on today's program, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. Ian McPartland from down behind the counter at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. And last but not least, we just heard from Bruno Demir from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. So sure hope you enjoyed this week's program. As always, it's a blast to put together. As Ryan and I mentioned off the top of today's show, you can look forward to more of these podcasts coming throughout the fall and winter. Every one to two weeks, I'd say, would be the frequency. And as always, head on over to myfishingcapecod.com for the latest intel and information 
on fishing Cape Cod and the islands. So thanks for listening to this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. And until we chat again, tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.